Hello, and welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. Today is about book quotes that stuck with us. Before we get started, you know how it goes by now. Go check out our Instagram. I think it's pretty cool. I think it can be pretty funny. You should go like our post. Yep. Go like our post and check out our story. Yes. Um, so I'm going to start off first. And... One of the first quotes that I thought of when we were planning this episode was from Rainbow Rowell's Eleanor and Park. And I feel like it's kind of popular. There's definitely like Pinterest art about it. And it is, Eleanor was right. She never looked nice. She looked like art. And art wasn't supposed to look nice. It was supposed to make you feel something. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, Eleanor. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a, it's a sad book, but it's a good book. I feel like that's just like such a sassy thing to say. (laughs) Like if someone's like, you don't look nice. Well, they'd be like, well, here's the thing, sweetie. (laughs) Here's the thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's supposed to be like, like Eleanor is, she's, it's not like she's the I'm not like other girls trope. It's like she's not like she doesn't meet like typical beauty standards. She's not skinny. She doesn't have like the blonde hair and blue eyes. She's, you know, a little rounder. I think she has like wild red hair or something like that. And she's, so she's the person. Right, exactly. And she's just, you know, kind of so self-conscious about this. And so this is Park, who is the love interest, saying, like, yeah, you're right. You don't look nice. You look like art. And that makes him feel something, which is great. (laughs) Wow. Park has emotions. Yay. Yeah. My next quote is from John Green's The Fault in Our Stars. And it is, as he read, I fell in love the way you fall asleep slowly and then all at once i feel like i've seen that before mm-hmm. it would make sense it's a very popular book yes <laughs> again there's art like art for that one too i swear most likely you you put deep quotes like this in any like modern contemporary yeah. novel like you're gonna get it. <laughs> you'll get the mass amount of like the fan art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my first book, um, I've never I've actually finished this book, but um, it was a movie. Well, it was a book before it was a movie, but I watched it. I watched the movie all the time as a kid and didn't know it was a book until I went to like a bookstore and I saw the book and I was like, I have to get this. Um, but I looked through the book, and there are two quotes in the movie. I can still hear the characters saying, and the voice act, like the voice actors. I can hear the way that they said it, mm-hmm. and so I had to include it. But I included the quote from the book. Um, the book is "The Last Unicorn" by Peter S. Beagle. Watch the movie; it's amazing. <laughs> if you combine the book, read it, and then. Tell me it's great and I need to read it. But I have a long pile of books I've started. (laughs) I'm 
trying. Okay. Quote is not alone. You never could have freed yourselves alone. I held you. And that quote with like the character who is saying it, it is powerful. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> what's happening is the unicorn um, got taken to like a traveling circus. And then, but the person who owned the circus was like, did magic. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the creatures that were there in the circus weren't actually what they appeared to be to the people who visited. Oh. But the unicorn was one of the real things and there was a harpy and that was also real and the unicorn freed the harpy and then the the woman who caught him was just like you couldn't have done this alone like i i helped you i made you like all of this stuff Mm -hmm. Um, she's really great character she was a villain i loved her (laughs) um and then she dies and then later there's a quote that Molly, one of the main characters, says when um, Smedric, the magician, turns Smedric <laughs> 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 <name>. alone. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, he's great. He's great. He's like I'm a magician with no magic or whatnot. He's funny. Um, but he turned the unicorn into a human, and Molly oh. goes, "Oh." oh, what have you done? And I remember in the movie, like, she, she screamed, she was like, what have you done? And I was like, tell him. So those are quotes, because this stuck with me. Hmm. And this movie, or at least from how far I've gotten in the book previously, the movie and the book align really well. Oh, well, yeah, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, I've never finished the book, so who knows, but yeah. The next book that I wanted... To read a quote from is Suzanne Collins' Mockingjay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, one of the quotes that it hit me so hard when I read it. And it's, it's actually kind of long. So, it's like a little mini passage here. But this is Peta and Katniss talking. And... At a few minutes before four, Peta turns to me again. Your favorite color? It's green? That's right. Then I think of something to add, and yours is orange. Orange? He seems unconvinced. Not bright orange, but soft, like the sunset, I say. At least that's what you told me once. Oh. He closes his eyes briefly, maybe trying to conjure up that sunset, then nods his head. Thank you. But more words tumble out. You're a painter. You're a baker. You like to sleep with the windows open. You never take sugar in your tea, and you always double knot your shoelaces. And then I dive into my tent before I do something stupid like cry. And, like, that quote hits. (laughs) Because throughout these books, Katniss has been pretending but also like not allowing herself to care about PETA so when he comes back after the capital experiments on him and like twists him up inside and he doesn't know like who anyone is or who hit who he is having her say that to him shows that she was paying attention and did care about him oh so, yeah 
don't know, just like that's just so sweet to me. Like, it's just like I know all of this stuff about you, Peter. <laughs> so, yeah. That's cute. Well, <laughs> um, yours is really cute. I'm about to read you some lines that are not as cute. Um, one of them's funny, but the other two are very sad. <laughs> so these quotes, well, the first one is from Keeper of the Lost Cities. The second quote is from Keeper of the Lost Cities, Never Seen. And the last one is from Keeper of the Lost Cities, Legacy. <laughs> so they're all from books, Keeper of the Lost Cities series by Shannon Messenger. Um, because I love the series. And she can put you through a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. So the first, the first one is... In accordance with your request, adoption proceedings for Sophie Foster have been canceled. Ooh. That's so heartbreaking. It's at the end of the book, too. So she's been spending all this time, not the very end, but, like, all this time, like, these people were, like, her foster parents for the time. Because mm -hmm. she just found out she was an elf. She had to be removed from her life, yada, yada, yada. And um, what also happened before is she had, like, called them mom and dad before I think and said that she loves them and then she didn't even mean to open this letter but her pet imp got into it mm -hmm. and it shredded it so she was trying to put it back together mm. and then right as she reads it they get home and she's like Iggy ripped it up and then she runs into her room and it's oh. just like oh no it's just such a heartbreaking moment it makes me sad the second quote is much more funny, though. Um, it's simply, she showed me. And it's not that funny until you realize the context of, so she can communicate telepathically with an alicorn. Mm -hmm. um, and so the alicorn can show her images from her day-to-day -day life. And so the alicorn was showing her what she was doing with another alicorn. <laughs> Sophie goes, oh, look, they're playing. And then she goes, that's not playing. Oh my. <laughs> and then the next day she goes, Sylvanie's pregnant. And everyone goes, how? And she goes, she showed me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so yeah, that's just a really funny one. That like, I was like this, I should include this. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> Um, and then the last one, my friend who has read this book as well, I told her like this line, it, it makes me so angry. And she's like, eh, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. So it, um, this line, Sophie, the main character says, I'll be the good little moonlark. And that's just, so she's part of a project. She was part of Project Moonlark. She is Project Moonlark because mm -hmm. she was created. A lot of the books is her kind of going against, like, all of the adults are like, maybe we shouldn't do that. And then her and her friends all go around their backs. Um, so it's just kind of her being really defeated and being like, because, like, before this, two major things had happened that are way spoilers, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just, it was a really defeating thing for her to say, and I read it, and I was like, 
and she was saying it to someone so and I was so angry that this person let her let her say that and didn't be like no don't say that because I was like that's her like giving up right even if it's just a small bit like it feels huge and you need to reassure her right now but you did not do that you said thank you that really stuck with me like I read that like and I was like I'm not okay it's hard to watch a character just give up yeah and it's not like she didn't give up everything but it it just felt like she was giving up on trying Mm -hmm. like in this small area like she just let a part of her hope die I think that's what it was and it's just kind of like no you've always been so hopeful and energetic and like well not really like you have your ups and downs but like this felt huge mm-hmm. and it made me angry and I still think of it and get angry <laughs> so yeah well on a lighter note um this quote from it's kind of a funny story by Ned Vizzini um I picked like it <laughs> yeah Ned Vizzini I picked it because I can relate <laughs> and it's I don't know how I can be so ambitious and so lazy at the same time <laughs> listen there are many ideas in the brain but the body sits there okay <laughs> yes the flesh is weak <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I want to achieve this, yes, but I have to work to get there. Yeah. And I'm tired. So tired. So very tired. <laughs> that was on a lighter note. I like that. Um, where am I picking up? Oh, oh. <laughs> so this next quote, get ready. It's um, from The Memory of Babel by Christelle Dobos. Or Davos, however you pronounce it. She's French. I'm sorry. Um, so here it is. At what moment? At what moment do we cease to be humans and become objects? Uh, oh. I know. Oh dang. I read that. And I was like, oh, girl. That's some existential crises stuff there. But same. By, is there like context for this? Like, so I forget what exactly what was happening, but she's a reader, so she can touch an object and see its past. Hmm. And the people who've touched it, she can like see them. So, one of the like, um, de- like, uh, I forget the word right now, I'm blanking, but like, one of the things she cannot do is she can't read living things. But, she, like, she has been able to read Bones in the past. So that's what prompted this question. Mm-hmm. Like, do we cease to be something living and unreadable to her and become an object for the past mm-hmm. that can be, re- can be read? That's Still very profound. Yeah, for, yeah, definitely. One of the other quotes that I picked was from Mosquito Land by David Arnold. Mosquito Land sounds like a terrible place to be. Yeah, I believe it's about a girl whose father and stepmother move her to Florida and she's trying to go back to her like birth mom. 
and like mosquito land would be Florida. But one of the quotes is, I am a collection of oddities, a circus of neurons and electrons. My heart is the ringmaster, my soul is the trapeze artist, and the world is my audience. It sounds strange because it is. And it is because I am strange. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I like that too. Mostly because, like, I feel like I'm strange. (laughs) I'm not. I feel like there are a lot of things, like, people who talk to themselves, like, we say things and then we're like, should write that down. Like, (laughs) yep. (laughs) I feel like that's what happened here. Like, she said that and she's like, I should write that down. I like people just being strange. Mm hmm. Because it's real, and it's interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to um, kindness. I don't know how to describe this. So it's just a very short quote from Iron Hearted Violet by Kelly Barnhill. And I really loved this book when I read it. And I really, I really should read it again. Um, <laughs> but in it, so I've talked about this book before, but the main character, Violet, um, feels... Like, she isn't beautiful and worthy and all this stuff. Um, but she's the princess. And so she gets a chance to make a wish from the main villain, who she didn't know was the villain. And she asks to be beautiful. And the villain makes her beautiful like a princess from a storybook. Um, and then everyone is searching for Violet. Like, the king's like, you need to find Violet. And all of these girls are coming from all over the kingdom like, I'm Violet, it's me. And um, she looks different, but she sounds the same. And she came up and she's like, it's me, I'm Violet. And the king's like, you sound like my daughter, but you don't look like her at all. So she gets thrown into the dungeon with the rest. Mm-hmm. And, and her like, last-ditch attempt like, to like, convince the guard, she's like, I'm, I'm Violet, like, I'm beautiful. And, uh, you know, because like, she's beautiful now. And the guard says, Violet was beautiful. Ooh. And, like, not, that's not, like, him, like, like hitting on her or anything. Like, yeah, yeah, Violet's, yeah. like, 12. <laughs> but it's just, like, it feels really big because this is a girl who is felt inadequate. And here's someone she probably never even interacted with saying, like, I don't know what you're talking about because she was beautiful. She always has been beautiful, even though Violet herself didn't even believe that. So I just put that in there because I was like, how did I not notice this before? I like that. That's a good good message. Even I know. She got herself into a little bit of a mess, though. <laughs> oh, the mess. She, yeah, she kind of, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse before it gets better. Yep. This next quote is from Cassandra Clare's City of Bones. Of course. Of course. I just thought this was, like, <laughs> kind of funny and shows, like, some of the witty witty banter that goes on. And it is, uh, don't order any of the fairy food, said Jace, looking at her over the top of his menu. It tends to make humans a little crazy. One minute, you're munching a fairy plum. The next minute, you're running naked down Madison Avenue with antlers on your head. Not... He added hastily that this has ever happened to me. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's really good. Like, her fantasy world is happening parallel to the world as we know it, which is yeah very interesting. Um, moving on to someone who I think 
has worked or it knows um, Cassandra Clare, Holly Black. I love Holly Black and I love her writing. Uh, this is a quote from Queen of Nothing. So, you had your cute little quote with Katniss and Peeta. Mm-hmm. This is my cute little quote from Cardin to Jude. So, Cardin and Jude are talking privately right now after a huge party because Cardin was a snake, but now he's not a snake anymore. <laughs> and so, um, she's like, what was it like to be a serpent? And he says all this stuff, but then he ends it with, like, he's like, I didn't know a lot. But then he ends it with, and you. I knew little else, but I always knew you. I love that, like, so much. Yeah. <laughs> Cardin is just winning all the hearts. <laughs> with a line like that, like. You got, you got my heart. That's the first thing he's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great. He's great. He's really witty, too. Like, if you mm-hmm. read the books, Cardin is just really funny. Yeah. That's a that's a requirement. You gotta have a witty character. It doesn't have to be the love interest, but bonus points if it is. <laughs> bonus points. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have two quotes from Marissa Meyer, but they're from different books. Um, this first one is from Scarlet, which is part of the Lunar Chronicles. And it is she surveyed him for a long moment, her brows knitting together. Murder? He, his grin grew. Thank you, but no. I started a riot on the yard. He adjusted his collar before adding, we were protesting the soap. Her confusion grew, and Thor noticed that she was still in her defensive stance. The soap, he said again, wondering if she'd heard him. It's too drying. He said, she said nothing. I have sensitive skin. just it's just so random (laughs) i love every moment of that yeah it's just like this the soap it's too drying hence why we started a riot (laughs) on the yard on the yard there's no other logical explanation (laughs) no none at all wow i can't read i can't wait to ruin the mood with my quote then (laughs) okay (laughs) We'll just, we'll just jump right into it. This is uh, a quote from The Continent by Kira Drake. Here we go. But Shoba's wife, she killed herself. We guessed it was because she could not bear children. But truly, no one knows why. Shobo came home after a skir- from a skirmish at Zanazo to find her hanging from the beam, two or three days dead. Oh my. That's a whole character's redemption arc, but it's like explained there too, really. Because he was, like, a really mean guy and, like, mistreated the main character a lot. And then um, the main character says, no wonder nobody even likes you. And then she finds out the story and she instantly regrets it because she's a good person. But, yeah, that just, like, the whole book, like, there's a war going on. So, like, death isn't something new, but someone killing themselves. That was new. Right. And that was, like, okay, maybe... Maybe, like, we, we take the hat off, we take a moment of silence. I'm, I'm sorry for the whiplash if that caused it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow. And then my other Marissa Meyer quote, <laughs> just, to, just, just to go back to something a little more lighthearted, is from Renegades. And it is, what exactly are we looking for? Villains doing villainous things. <laughs> I feel that. 
It's like, what am I supposed to be doing on this assignment? The assignment. It's like, you're right. You're right. I don't know how I got confused. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you didn't get the memo, but... (laughs) I like that. I like funny things. I feel like a lot of my quotes are, like, not that funny. (laughs) It's all right. I had a last unicorn quotes, okay? Yep. Okay, um, my next quote is from Siege of Shadows, which is from a series of books by Sarah Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like these books, but this is like the last line of the last chapter in the second book. This is the main character. The smile never quite left my face as I fell off the cliff and into the waters below. She had also been stabbed prior to that. Oh, jeez. I thought she was dead. I didn't think I'd finish the book right then. Mm-hmm. I was babysitting and had no access to the next book. That book, that, that quote destroyed me. I was like, when do I get off? Like, I didn't, right. I didn't finish it. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, there's still more pages. It was just the next book. Like, you know how they do that? Yes. Yeah, that's what that was. I was like, I wasn't ready. And I don't have anything to do. You're like, I'm sorry, children. I can't look after you right now. I need to go. I gotta go. Yeah, but that stuck with me. Because I was like, did she? I was like, did she just kill the main character? And I think I actually had the third book at the time, so I was like, or maybe I didn't, but I was like, um, ma'am. What? Right, like, how how were you going to recover from that? I did not. <laughs> Still haven't. No. She then proceeds to, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Like, I should say this, and I was like, that will probably be huge spoilers, Morgan. Stop. <laughs> like, she she literally had gotten stabbed by someone who she thought was her friend. She was, honestly, that friend was going crazy. But, you know, everything was not fine, but it, it was okay. The Last Nom Sera by Kristen Cicerelli. If I pronounce that last name properly, not likely. But anyway, um, I have a few quotes from this book because. Basically, anything Torwin says is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love Torwin. He's literally almost perfect, but that's only because, like, you only see what the book sees, and he was written by a female. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll start with a quote that's not from Torwin. This is from the main character, Asha. And it's, Willow walked her beloved into death. And I really like that because in the book, after she says that line, like, she thinks to herself, like, oh, I always change that line. Because the original How the Story is Told isn't like that. But she's like, it's Willa's story. Willa should walk her beloved into death, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I like that. That's cute. Oh, this is um, a quote from, the next one is a quote from Kozu, the first dragon. <laughs> um and it's him telling a story to her, and it's really intense. Um, but it also is like the it's like the big plot twist. So spoilers. He watched the king raise his shield, 
watched him step away from his daughter, leaving her to face the fire alone. Her scream pierced the sky. Ooh. And this is where you find out the main villain was her father all along. What? Yeah. Her own father? Yeah, that her own father is responsible for the very burn marks. And, like, she has burns across, like, half of her body. Mm -hmm. And it's this moment, like, it's because he stepped away from his daughter and watched her burn. And then he proceeded to spend the rest of her life telling her that she was the problem because she shouldn't have been telling stories to the dragons. So he could have he could have stopped it, but instead chose to gaslight her. Yeah, well, and she doesn't even know because she doesn't remember. Right. Because once yeah. again, she was being burned, so she only knows the version of the story that everyone has told her. So this is the first time hearing mm. the version, the real version. Mm. And then here we have Tarwin being sweet Tarwin. <laughs> I love Tarwin, <laughs> but so he's talking about Asha. So he goes, and Asha, when I heard it, it didn't sound like a tragedy to me. So he's talking about um, the story of the Iskari, which is what she's called. She's called Iskari, which is life taker. So he's saying like, it's often described as a tragedy, but he's like, I didn't think it sounded like a tragedy. And he continues. <clears throat> so she goes, uh, she was like, how? She dies in the end. And uh, he continues, but is that the end? I don't think it is. What if Namsara? He goes looking for her. The sky changes seven times before he finds her. And then, when he does find her, he falls to his knees and he weeps. Because he loves her. Because she was never as alone as she thought. As she thought she was. She was never just life taker to him. She was sister. She was precious. It's a love story. And like, it's just so sweet. And then he and then he goes on to say, "Does Ascari hate herself? Of course she does." <laughs> it's supposed to be like just like him continuing on though, like because everyone basically told Ascari to hate herself. Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, of course Ascari hates herself." But I I always thought that last part was really funny. <laughs> of course, good. Um, but I really like that part because it's all like really sweet to her. Mm-hmm. Because she was called Iskari. Um, and he kind of loves her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then this last quote that I have is basically the wedding vows for this for this story. Like, when you get married in this certain area, like, this is what you say for all the wedding vows. And, like, I've seen people be, like, the wedding vows from, like, Corpse Bride are, like, wonderful. Like, these wedding vows are also wonderful. Mm-hmm. Listen these. So it's based off of a story where um, these two people were uh, literally about to get married and then the bride died on the way there. But, like, she waited through everything. Like, death couldn't get her to pass into the gate until, like, her beloved died and she walked him into death. Mm -hmm. So this is what they say. They say, that my death sent his worst. Cold to freeze the love in my heart. Fire to burn my memories to ash. Wind to force me through the gates. Time to wear my loyalty away. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you at death's gate. And it's really sweet. And it's really cute. Because nothing can 
they won't walk into death without the other. We have a good. We had a good balance of funny and serious. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot whiplash. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember, you've got Instagram. Go check it out, please. As, As for now. For now we, we got, got a bucket. <laughs>